Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. The Dolphins lose 16-14 to in their second preseason game in what looked like a snoozer. At the end of the third quarter, the, it was a 6-6 to ball game. Nearly 20 penalties by both teams. The Bucks end up winning 16 to 14, with a lot of catches at the end of uh, at the end of the game by number 88 by the Bucks. I, I think his name was Tanner something something or another. But they the Dolphins. You know, it, Paul. Quite honestly, when you take a look at this game, the big news is that Josh Rosen started this game. And now it's starting to look like a big discussion of whether or not Josh Rosen starts week one for the Dolphins. Well, not only did he start the game, he played the entire first half. And, you know, we saw Fitzpatrick play the third quarter. And by play, I use that word loosely. And, and, you know, it, it looked like Fitzpatrick's already been relegated to that backup role, which, quite frankly, he played like today. So I'm completely okay with Rosen. I'm willing to deal with the bumps and growing pains along the roadway because, honestly, I've liked what I've seen out of him this preseason. Yeah, me too, because when you look at him as a as a player and as a prospect, because that's really what he is for the Dolphins moving forward, he's 22 years old. When he dropped back tonight, even under intense pressure, he's very smooth getting the ball out, getting the ball from point A to point B, he was 10 for 18 for 102 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But then again, the Dolphins were missing three of their top four receivers. And, it, you know, it's another thing is Preston Williams did not have the greatest game tonight. He had three drops. So that number of, of 10 for 18 for Rosen very easily could have been 13 for 18 or a little bit more. Completely. And, and, you know, one thing I just want to point out, too, from what you said before about this game being a snoozer. God, it was such a snoozer that Tampa Bay even had a punt returner appear to have fallen asleep and not come out to, to receive a punt on this game. I mean, what a mess Tampa Bay's special teams were in this one. Yeah, there was a – at first it was, I think, 12 men on the field, and then the next time that punt returner didn't even bother to show up. So before that, though, they had eight and nine, I think, on, on other punt, ret- punt returns. So they just. <laughs> yeah. What Coaches have been fired say? for less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey. Uh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so so going back to Josh Rosen, you know, I, I, even though he did that. A touch, you know, he didn't in the first half register a touchdown. 
he still moved the ball down the field effectively with a receiving core that only had Kenny Stills as their starting unit. So th- this was quite interesting here. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, I mean, I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, too, is okay filling that backup role for the time being. But if he does start one game, he will be the eighth quarter. He'll be the only quarterback in NFL history to start eight football games or excuse me, one football team for eight different organizations. I don't know if that's a record to be proud of or disappointed in or a little mixture of both, to be honest with you here. I mean, the cycle of Ryan Fitzpatrick is is just mind-bogglingly amazing to to really sit back and examine. I mean, there needs to be a football life on this guy at some point. Yeah, looking at the third-string quarterback, Jake Rudock, I'm not sure if he has any life left in him after after what happened here here tonight. I mean, when it's six to six here at the end of the at the end of the of the uh, or in the middle of the fourth quarter, he throws a very very bad interception in the red zone to Jamel Dean, who comes down with the interception, and Jamel Dean could be a superstar in this league. Fourth-round pick of the Tampa Bay Bucks, great athlete. Uh, he, he could be somebody to keep an eye out for in a couple of years here. He almost uh, intercepted Rosen before. But uh, Rudock is somebody that's probably not going to be with this team for very much longer. Expect the Dolphins to keep two quarterbacks here. Looking at the running back spot, there was no there was no Kalen Balash tonight. There was no Kenyon Drake. Uh, some late game heroics by Patrick Laird, the undrafted free agent out of California, as well as Kenneth Farrow. But earlier in the game, Miles Gaskin, as well as uh, Mark Walton, did not have a lot of a lot of success, but also did not have a lot of running room earlier in the game either. No, and I mean for me, looking at it, I, I really liked what I saw to both uh, Laird and Farrow late. So much so that for our 53, uh, I actually slid Laird in in place of Gaskins, which you know I'm high on him, uh, but it's close. Yeah, if if that's the case, then we are in agreement on our running backs because I, I think Laird is somebody who looks at the hole, sees the hole, and hits the hole. And this is also a player, too, that caught, I think, 96 passes over the last two years at California. It, it understands how to run routes. You can just tell – when you look at his eyes, when he gets the ball, that he gets it. And I, I can't say the same right now for Miles Gaskin, even though Gaskin was one of the most productive running backs in college football history. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you as, as far as that. So looking at the wide receiver position, Preston Williams had a pretty rough night tonight. I mean, overall, he had three drops. They were tight, contested drops. There's no doubt about that. He also... Uh, drew a penalty as well, but you can see that the talent is there and the team has to feel that Preston Williams is going to be a player that's going to be on the team this year because he was returning punts. He was returning kicks and in training camp, the word is that he was playing special teams too. There, There should be no doubt that Preston Williams is going to make this 53 man roster. So Paul, do do you still have, six wide receivers making your roster and if that's the case who is that sixth guy 
So I really did like what I saw at Isaiah Ford tonight. Um, you know, Blacknall had a decent play. And I still do like Trent Irwin, but I've only got Miami keeping five at this point. And so all three of those guys are missing my roster by a hair. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, as I, I'm I'm gonna go with five wide receivers with Preston Williams being that fifth guy. Yeah, I mean, I I can't see anything that Alan Hearns has done or from what I've heard of in no. camp to justify him being on the roster. Trenton Irwin, I think, is going to be on the practice squad. You know, we, they're they're cross training him at wide receiver, at returner. He's somebody that you, I think you can call up pretty quickly, and he might be able to make an impact. Isaiah Ford, I like a lot, but I just don't see where he fits at this point because, you know, he, he was returning some kicks last week. They were trying him out at that spot. He had a, an opportunity early in the game where the Dolphins on a fourth and two could have gone up. It, it would have been a tough catch for him to make to go down low from that Josh Rosen pass, but he didn't quite come up with it. It wasn't a drop by any means, but th- that's a play at, at this point in the preseason if you're Isaiah Ford and you're third year on the team, that's a play that you have to make. So it, it'll yeah. be fascinating to see who makes the team and who makes the practice squad. But, Paul, last week you also said uh, at the tight end position that you had Dwayne Allen getting cut. You know, when I look at him, I see somebody who's, you know, he's 30 years old. He's got a little bit of a pot belly. He's been around the league for a while. You know, is is this somebody that you still have on the chopping block? Well, I only kept, I think, three tight ends last week, and I, I, I did decide to add a fourth this week, but that fourth tight end is Clive Walford. I just I think Miami's figuring out how to use him and use him effectively. He seems to be a safety blanket really for all three quarterbacks at this point, and I just I think there's a role for him on this squad, whereas I don't think that there's a huge role for Dwayne Allen. I'm going to keep Dwayne Allen on the 53-man roster right now simply because of the experience and because you can put him out there and and have them have him be that sixth offensive lineman. I hope Durham Smythe takes over him for him at some point this year. Mike Kosicki as well. You know, we, we've talked about it in the past, Paul. This is not a tight end. This is a wide receiver, and the Dolphins – new regime seems to be understanding a little bit more that this is somebody who needs to be flexed out 70, 80% of the time. Completely. And and I, I, I just want to go back to what you said about Durham Smythe. I, I think he could take over for Dwayne Allen now. I mean, the coaching staff seemed to use him a little more in this game and still send him out on some routes and get him involved in the passing game. And I just, Maybe Dwayne Allen can stick around as a coach and rub off that knowledge on some of these young players. I, I I'd prefer that at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to think that I'm probably one week away from Dwayne Allen being off the team for me. I mean, what, what's the point if you know Durham Smythe is a 22 year old, 23 year old tight end, and Dwayne Allen is 29 going on 56? So. So if we could apply the same logic to Kiko Alonso on the other side of the ball, except Dwayne Allen is actually good at one thing. But we'll get to that in just a bit. Going on IR? Yeah. <laughs> Coke bus, IR, you name it. One of oh. these things are going to happen if, if we have our way. I mean, look, Ben, Ben, you know what? 
we'll get to that in just a second. But on the offensive line, it was good to see Laramie Tunzel actually out there in pads playing that left tackle spot because, it, it, gosh, it's been brutal with, with any anything in the backup role of of Laramie Tunzel left tackle and Jesse Davis a right tackle. I mean Jesse Davis is a very good drive blocker, can play right tackle, can play right guard. He's going to be at least decent at one of those two spots, but after that, I mean Jared Jones Smith, he was the talk of the night and not for good reasons. Yeah, I pretty much think Jared Jones Smith should have just been standing out there spinning a sign like he was outside a cell phone store. It said free sacks this way and, and occasionally pointed into the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you have two guys coming at you, block at least one of them. If you block one of them, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a gimme on that. I'm not going to point a finger. But if you just kind of stand there and go, uh, go ahead. <laughs> you know, like he just, there wasn't a move in either direction. He just, he just took his steps back. And like watch guys run by him, like ooh, he's fast. Ooh, it's it, it, he's it's fast. a shame too because Jared Jones Smith is somebody who has great size. He has long arms. It, I see the potential there, but man, oh man, when you go out and you in, in your preseason game and, and you're on the second team and and you're getting meaningful snaps as we go along, and you allow two to three sacks. And you're you're not impressive in a lot of other roles too. That's rough. I, I was ho- I was really hoping tonight that he was going to take over Jordan Mills at that left tackle spot, that backup left tackle, right tackle swing role, and I just didn't see it. So for me, Jordan Mills, as much as it pains me to say it, based on the experience, gets back on the 53 man roster. So obviously for for the starting five, I think we're going to go into the season with those same guys. Laramie Tunzel, left tackle, Michael Dieter at left guard, Daniel Kilgore at center, Deion Calhoun at right guard, Jesse Davis at right tackle, Chris Reed seems like a lock at that center guard position, and he's looked really good lately, too, and good for him. I still see Isaiah Prince, even though, um, you know, he, he has he, he seems more like a game day player coming out of Ohio State. He looked really good again for the second preseason game in a row. I think he stays as the seventh offensive lineman. I know you're in agree, agreement with me on that. And then after that, Jordan Mills for me has to be the eighth lineman. And I can't stomach putting a ninth offensive lineman on this roster. So I'm getting rid of Jared Jones Smith and I'm getting rid of Kyle Fuller on my 53. Yeah, I don't really have any changes for my 53 right now. I think the the odd man out that I've got is, is Starup, who I think if a better option comes available on cut day, then we may see Starup get changed out, but that's not how we're doing this exercise. Uh, the one thing I will say is Jesse Davis is an intriguing in, in an intriguing position because he's likely to start at either right guard or right tackle, but he's also getting a pretty strong push from the two rookies in Calhoun and, and Prince. So there's the intriguing possibility that Miami's right side of the line may be a bunch of rookie starters in Prince and, and Calhoun. But again, it's a little early to make that call as well. See, I, I think that Isaiah Prince is somebody long-term that we can project. If, if he could, if he, if he plays the way that he has in the last two preseason games, 
that I think this is a guy that's really going to take it to the next level in the upcoming years. He's probably not in, this, in the discussion right now for the for the right tackle spot because the coaching staff is really working on him. And on the other side, Jesse Davis, if he can play right tackle and he can start at right tackle, I could see him being like a Chris Hubbard type who got a five-year, $40 million contract from the Cleveland Browns here over this past year. So there's a high upside with Jesse Davis because of his versatility and his size. There's also a very big drop-off, too, because he he is not the athlete that Deion Calhoun or Isaiah Prince are. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, not only now, but here over the next year. Paul, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, Christian Wilkins, uh, you know, he he looks like that type of player, kind of like Deron Payne from the Washington Redskins, who was, I believe, the 13th overall pick just a couple of years ago. He's, he's somebody that can really clog the middle, and it seems like Davin Gottschalk can do the same thing. Vincent Taylor, he, he keeps playing into the you know third, fourth quarter of these games, but has has potential as well. Obviously, those three guys are locks on our 53-man roster. You know, it, it starts to get a little bit interesting after that. We've gone back and forth about Adolphus Washington, um, Ledbetter, Akeem Spence. When you look at the rest of that defensive line, how do, how does the rest of that round out for you? So for me, I know last week I had Woodard on mine. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. Um, I'm actually going to stick with what I had last week outside of Woodard, though. I had Wilkins and Ledbetter, Gotchow, Spence, who Spence I thought had a phenomenal game, uh, Taylor, and then Harrison Van Ginkle off the other edge. So I'm going a little light on the defensive line here. Yeah, and it, there's nothing uncommon about just keeping five pure defensive linemen because you're going to have a lot of linebackers. You're going to have a lot of, of edge players. And this is where it always gets confusing from defensive lineman to edge to uh, to linebacker because um, I've also got, you know, uh, Van Ginkle making the team. Yep. At, at if, if we count him as an edge guy. But the big question, too, is do you also have Nate Orchard and or Dwayne Hendricks making the team? I do not. I have Van Ginkle and then Wilkins and Ledbetter as my other ends right now. And part of that is I I wanted to make room for another linebacker. Uh, That really stood out to me in this one. Got it. Interesting. So right now I've got Orchard making the team. Uh, I also have uh, Dwayne Hendricks making the team too. I mean, I think that the, the more the merrier when it comes to this. It, you know, it, Orchard has NFL experience, and Hendricks is one of those pure outside pass, ru- pass rush rookies out there. But, I, I actually need to correct myself. I had Orchard under outside linebacker. This is where the confusion uh, sets in. Yeah, the, exactly. <laughs> this is exactly where the confusion comes into play. I mean, it was so much easier before <clears throat> under Matt Burke's defense, where everybody was a defensive defense? end who was a defensive end, and everybody who was a linebacker was a linebacker. But luckily, for good reasons, uh, that that's not the case anymore. But yeah, I, going back to. I've got Dwayne Hendricks making the team. I've I've taken uh, Terrell Hanks off my 53-man roster. I still have Trey Watson making that 53-man roster. And 
you know, the other ones are pretty obvious there at the linebacker position. You've got Raquan McMillan, Jerome Baker. Unfortunately for me, Kiko Alonso still makes the team. I, I think that this, they're, they're going to find a a way to use him in a in a thirty to forty snap per game role uh, at the linebacker position. But uh, the, the big talk tonight, Paul, was Sam Aguavion, the you know the twenty six year old from Texas Tech. I mean, six foot, oh, two hundred and thirty pounds, but he really came forward and he packs a pop with everything he's doing. He can play special teams. He can cover the pass. He can cover the run. I mean, this is somebody on the first day of camp was projected to start over Raquan McMillan. I'm not sure if that was for optics or not, but that says something about what this coaching staff sees in somebody like Sam Aguavion. Yeah. And he's right now projected to be the nickel linebacker, which in his defense, he and Jerome Baker will probably see the most snaps at linebacker amongst all of them. Um, I do have Tank Carradine listed as a linebacker as well. And one guy that also jumped out at me in this one, not just Aguavion, but Nick DeLuca. I mean, it just felt like he was all over the field. He he was always around the ball and, and making plays. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that I actually bumped into my main roster when I dropped uh, Hanks off of mine as well. Interesting, because uh, Nick DeLuca, a player that started a couple of games with the Jaguars over the last few years, and it seems to be the type of player that the Dolphins um, have moved themselves towards, somebody who has some versatility inside and outside. They also signed Terrence Smith from the Kansas City Chiefs, who has been active for a lot of games and has a couple of games of starting experience too. You know. He's somebody to watch as we continue to, to to emerge here because there's not a big difference between a Nick DeLuca and a Trey Watson in terms of this 53-man roster. It all depends on the fit. Looking at the defensive back spot, you know, the we had a lot of strong safeties out this game. Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, Walt Akins did not play. So there was there was a big opportunity here at the defensive back spot but I'll tell you so a player that has been on the very back end and I've made fun of for months here, but Chris Lamont, the cornerback slash safety, really stuck out to me tonight. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that. He was in the practice squad last year, and he has size, he has length, he has versatility. This is starting to look like a player that if he sticks out in the third or fourth game of the preseason, could be one of the 51st, 52nd, or 53rd men on this roster but i'm not sure where this stacks up anymore paul after the top five defensive backs which are xavian howard uh rashad jones minka fitzpatrick eric rowe and tj mcdonald it, it seems like from that sixth defensive back spot to the bottom of the order it, it's really confusing it is but I, i'm glad you brought up lamont's because I actually had him taking Jalen Davis's spot on my 53 after tonight. And I, I thought Nick Needham redeemed himself a little bit, made a couple of nice plays and Needham is still on the outside looking in for me, but he's a little bit closer and might be an excellent practice squad candidate. But I, I thought Lamont's took a big step in earning a spot on the 53 tonight. 
Yeah, he, he certainly did. I, I still have him uh, not making the roster. Maybe he gets back on the practice squad again. I, I have Cornell Armstrong making the team because it just seems a little bit too odd to me that he was a core special teams player last year. And I I look at him as a player that may not have as much to prove on this roster as other people. I could be wrong on that, but I, I still have him making the 53-man roster. Jamal Wiltz, just based on default and the familiarity with this scheme, I have him making the roster too. And uh, the last spot, it, man, it's, it's going to be interesting. I've got Montre Hardage making the roster as that free safety. Uh but it could be Maurice Smith. It could be a lot of other people in that defensive back spot. Yeah, for me, I mean, I'll just run down what I've got. I mean, I've got Eric Rowe, Micah Fitzpatrick, Cornell Armstrong, Bobby McCain, Walt Akins, Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, Xavier Howard, Jamal Wiltz, and uh, Lamont's making making mine at the defensive back spots. Yeah, I've, I've got Walt Akins too making that. That that to me at this point is a given. So yeah, it's I've I've got I've got Jamal Wills, I've got Cornell Armstrong, I've got Montre Hardage. Uh, I I don't have Jalen Davis making the team either. I just don't think he has the size, the physicality, and he hasn't just hasn't proven enough. And that breaks yeah. my heart to say because I thought this was a player that was going to really emerge on this roster, but reports coming coming out of training camp don't have him playing very well. They don't have him in a spot. And unfortunately, it does not look at this point like Jalen Davis is going to make that 53-man roster, which is a shame going back to the final game because 15 snaps, you know, two passes deflected, uh, a forced fumble, a sack. It looked like a player that, that, that should have been really playing at a higher level and, and been on the active roster throughout the season. Special teams-wise, um, Jason Sanders, 18 for 20 last year on field goals. And Matt Hawk looked like, you know, that Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> he, he's always been that Jekyll and Hyde type, type of punter. He looked like the, the really good punter here tonight, the one that we saw in the Jets game last year. Yeah, but that probably means in the third preseason game he's going to shank two five-yard punts. I mean, hope I'm wrong, but. Hopefully he's gotten past his little heebie-jeebie hauntings he had previously, but I, I just I still wish they had kept Stone around to to challenge a little bit and see what we had. Yeah, I I'm still looking out for which Patriots punter is going to get cut here at, at the yeah. end of preseason, whether whether that's Jake Bailey, whether that's Ryan Allen. So it, you know it's we'll see on that because Matt Hawk was was not one of the better punters in the league last year. I thought he, I thought he would be a better a better prospect and a better player by this point, but he most certainly is not. So that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins 53-man roster and the Dolphins preseason game where they go down 16 to 14 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here in Tampa Bay. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not on the right side, and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side, or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side, or the right side, and it must be the fin side.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.